1: We were recently on a Friends Live and the topic of Enneagrams came up and Kat and I, we totally took over the comments section. We took them by storm without even meaning to because we were so excited to talk about Enneagrams. So we thought we'd make an episode where we just dedicated it to learning more about the Enneagram.
0: We're always learning people. You know, It's funny that this came up in the live that it did because we hopped on, we were spectators, and the topic was team building, right? How do you acquire talent? How do you retain talent? Very much like corporate speak, so to say. And then I don't know how it came up. I think Maybe I think we started talking you know, about
1: the disc assessment and then we started talking about other assessments. Oh, did we? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes.
0: And then you were like, don't even bother working with cat until you come with your enneagram and your zodiac sign. And I was like, that is on point. <laughs> and then it just took off. It completely changed the direction of the live. And look, like, as much as Candace and I love hearing ourselves talk on this podcast, we also want it to provide value. And the more and more we've been on the, this podcast, the more and more we realize how much we have in common, how much synergy there is, how much complementary personality aspects Candace and I both have, and a neogram is really just another way to further that self awareness, so that we can make more aligned choices. We can identify people who have similar values, you know, who have strengths that complement where we're not as strong. And so if you've heard of the DISC assessment, which I actually, it's so funny you mentioned that, I just took that last week when I was in New York. Jen was really interested. Apparently, I'm very much a D and then a little bit of I, but D is like my dominant. And then there's the Enneagram, there's Myers-Briggs, right? We talked about that. There's Zodiac, there's human design. There's so many different personality tests out there that really just at the end of the day help you be more true to yourself and have more self-awareness. And the more self-aware you are, the better decisions you make, the more clear you are. And
1: honestly, that's great for business. It is great for business. And we want to be clear that Kat and I are not experts on the Enneagram, but we wanted mm-hmm. to bring it to you and talk to you about it because it has helped us to identify some aspects of our personalities or the way that we approach work that makes mm-hmm. it really easier to understand one another and people that we work with. And so we're just going to be using kind of Google University today, you know, GTS, Google that shit when it comes to (laughs) figuring out what the Enneagram is all about. So bear with us here as we are continuously learning alongside of you and each other. So what is the Enneagram, I think, is probably the first question that people have. And so I'm literally just looking it up and let's see what Google tells us. Let's see. It says it's a system of personality typing that describes patterns in how people interpret the world and manage their emotions. Ooh. Hmm? Very important, right? Because
0: you could have two people in the same situation perceiving it wildly differently and then responding to it differently and then that's where like you feel like you guys are just like talking at one another instead of talking with one another. So I didn't realize that it like, it took into account world perceptions and also your emotional regulation, like how you
1: respond. And there's actually nine different personality types with the Enneagram. So there's nine different kind of categories that you could fall into based on a series of questions. Mm -hmm. Should we list them out? Yeah, we can list them out. Yeah. And I actually took this like there was a free quiz online. I think I had to give someone my email address and they sent me the report. Right. Uh But there was some kind of free questionnaire that I took online to discover what mine was. Did you do something similar, Kat?
0: I totally did. Um, I think I chose like the second or third option that came up in Google because the first one wanted like way too much information. And I'm (laughs) "Eh," I'm like, I need this to be efficient here.
1: Yep. Okay, so I pulled up the nine Enneagram-type descriptions, and I love the titles because unlike like the dis- assessment where you say, I'm a high D or something like that, that kind of right. doesn't mean a lot, the <laughs> Enneagrams actually have titles with each of their numbers that makes it kind of memorable. Yes, memorable and like kind of lets you know what it's about. So I'll read each of the nine. Number one is The Reformer. Hmm. The Reformer is said to be principled purposeful self-controlled and kind of a perfectionist the other thing about the enneagram is like it tells you your strengths but also your weaknesses so you can kind of know maybe who to partner with that kind of accents or accentuate not accentuates complements your compliments. yeah your areas that you're weaker in mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool all right number two is the helper they're Aww. caring. definitely not me No, for sure not me either. (laughs) They're caring, generous. They're also people-pleasing and possessive. So you'll notice like there's some great qualities and maybe not so great qualities with each of these. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Number three is the achiever. They're Mm success-oriented, pragmatic. They are driven. They love to excel. And they're very image-conscious. Sort
0: of us, not really us.
1: Yeah, there's maybe a little bit of me in there for sure. Probably you too. Yeah, for sure. The driven, like the driven. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Number four is the individualist. This is like for only children. Just kidding. I don't know. Um, but maybe. Okay, (laughs) excludes (laughs) me. (laughs) It says. Wait, are you? You're not an only child. I'm not an only child. No, no. no. Okay, all right. There we go. I'm the oldest. So am I. There we go. (laughs) Okay, so number four is the individualist. They're Mm -hmm. sensitive withdrawn, mm. they're also dramatic, self-absorbed and temperamental. Mm.
0: I mean, I might be that like around that certain time of the month, but I don't think that's <laughs> my personality. <laughs> Can you tell we haven't gotten to our numbers yet?
1: Oh well, not yet. Okay, mm-hmm. number 5 is the investigator. Ooh, intense and cerebral, perceptive, innovative, secretive and isolated. This is actually me, y'all. I am a five. I'm the investigator, which I feel like makes a lot of sense, particularly because I love to figure out why things are the way they are. And I love to like make plans and be innovative for next steps. But I'm also, I could be secretive. I could be, I could isolate without knowing that I'm isolating. That's probably the introvert in me too. Mm -hmm. So I have to be, like, reminded to be social. I have to, like, put it on my calendar, make myself get out there, you know?
0: Yeah. And I feel like your passion for true crime. Oh, yeah. This
1: is, of course, of course you'd be a five. I mean, it makes sense. Like, I'm a brand strategist because I love investigating what's working, what's not working, Mm -hmm. what's the next steps that need to be taken. Like, definitely the investigator getting to the root of the issue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Number six is the loyalist. They're Hmm. committed, security-oriented. They're engaging, responsible, but they're also a little bit anxious and suspicious. Hmm. I Now, from just reading this quick description, I'm thinking that loyalists maybe don't love entrepreneurship. Maybe.
0: I was just going to say, because our income looks like the freaking stock market. (laughs) Like, it is not... Right. A place to find security. You need to emotionally regulate yourself to find that.
1: Yeah. So the loyalist, in my mind, might like something that's really steady, reliable, that makes mm-hmm. them feel safe. Yeah. Opposite of entrepreneurship. Yeah, totally. Number seven is the enthusiast. They're mm. busy, fun-loving, spontaneous, versatile, distractible, and scattered. Basically, my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> You had that one up the sleeve. I was thinking, oh, this sounds like an extrovert. No, you went straight. Yeah. Straight for I the mean, list. <laughs> fun, loving, great, but also spontaneous, scattered. versatile, distractible, and scattered. Yeah. No, thank you. Like the am not, Yeah. Not about that life. That's just annoying, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I said, there's good and bad to every one of these. So
0: mm-hmm. I
1: do need a little bit of spontaneity in my life because I can accidentally get boring. Mm-hmm. So that's cool, but, you know, balance, people. Oh, yeah. Yin and yang. All right. The next one is number eight, the challenger. They are the powerful, dominating type. They're self-confident, decisive, willful, and a little confrontational. Are we? Am I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this one is
0: cat. This is my number, y'all. Well, and first, like eight growing up was always my jersey number. And I just love, I know, oddly enough, before I even Mm -hmm. knew what a neogram was. And I love that eight is a symbol for infinity. And I feel like I have a lot of respect for how you kind of won't rest until you get the truth. You're like always trust but verify, like keep on digging and digging and digging. And I love to challenge and call bullshit on people when I'm like, "Mm, that's not real. (laughs) Or "Mm, that's an excuse. Mm -hmm. So different ways... And I feel like when I do tend to get confrontational, you have a very good way of like, not calming me down, but not feeling like you're trying to control the situation either. Like you're like relaxing.
1: I see a little bit of Dom in that too. Like you and Dom Mm -hmm. are similar in that like, you might get fired up about something. Yeah. And it's not helpful to like shut you guys down when you're in that space. No, we get annoyed if you try to do that. Yeah. So just like, (laughs) let it be. Okay, yeah. take it all in. Yeah. I'll be silent and listen. Uh-huh. And then when when the experience or the rant or whatever is out, then maybe I could ask what you need from this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally, I feel like there's definitely similarities between you guys there. But also, mm-hmm. like, you guys are decisive. You make up your mind. You make a plan and you take action. And mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Yeah.
1: And number nine is the peacemaker. They're the easygoing self. I don't know how to say this word, so I'm just going to be honest with it. Um, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to spell it for you because you know this okay. word E F F A C I N G. Efficacy? Efficacy? Self effacing. Self
0: effacing, that's it. Which means, yep. I believe, and somebody who's listening to this could correct me if I'm wrong, they're very like humble and. Mm. They're more likely to throw themselves under the bus than they are to throw other people under the bus, which is honestly perfect and diplomatic
1: for the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. The peacemaker, they're receptive, they're reassuring, agreeable, and complacent. Mm. They're basically not not nice, clever peeps. Should we be agreeable friends with someone like and that? And complacent. <laughs> I, I mean, you know what? I, I love an agreeable friend to balance me out. Uh But also, like, I'm probably going to shake them up a little bit and be like, stop being so agreeable.
0: (laughs) I feel like I need to watch Pride and Prejudice now that we're using the terms like (laughs) agreeable and (laughs) self-effacing.
1: But those are the nine types. And maybe you recognize yourself in some of these or maybe just one of these. But Mm -hmm. highly, highly recommend just Googling, finding an Enneagram test, taking it and Doing a little deep dive into aspects of this, like, personality kind of assessment. The other thing Mm -hmm. that I found was really helpful is it gives you, like, celebrities or well-known people who are your similar type. So you can Mm -hmm. kind of see, like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I am actually a lot like Oprah or whoever it is, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just kidding.
0: Are you like Oprah? I've never personally met Oprah yet. (laughs) I don't know. I can't remember if she's on there, but
1: I hope so. (laughs) Oh, I believe you. You said that with such confidence, the confidence of an eight just now. (laughs) (laughs) So I am an Enneagram five, the investigator. I don't know if that surprises any of you or if you're like, yes, that seems spot on. Mm -hmm. If you're interested, you can like read more about a five. I'll actually pull up and maybe Kat, you can pull yours up if you want.
0: Yeah. Pull up
1: your eight and see like what else resonates with you.
0: So, yeah. So, let's do that. And then I also, they have relationships, like type combinations. Ooh, interesting. So, yeah. It'd be interesting to read like how fives and eights get along. Mm-hmm. But so, for the type eight, and shout out to my friend and client, Anne-Marie out of Orlando, and also Mary Bell, who's live we were on. Mary's an eight. Anne-Marie is an eight. And I feel like when you start to notice these patterns, you tend to attract similar people into your life, or complementary people. So Candice and I are different numbers, but we're
1: complementary to one another. Totally. Or other eights, just like recognize eights, and we're like, yes, challengers. Also, want to give a shout out to this like online resource that I'm using right now. So mm-hmm. the resource I'm I'm looking up is EnneagramInstitute dot com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Same. I'm on right now. So if you want to check that out. You can definitely read more about the Enneagrams there. And I'm looking at mine, and I like that they break down your basic fear, your basic desire, because I feel like this is me to a T.
0: Mm, What's it say?
1: The basic fear is being useless, helpless, or incapable. And I feel like, yep, I definitely always want to be useful. I want to, you know, take action and feel like I can do things like That is me absolutely.
0: It is. My my basic fear as an eight is fear of being harmed or controlled by others. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: One of my personal I'm laughing because one of my personal mottos, and I've trained my partner on this very well, and Candace knows, is I reserve the right to change my mind at any time for any reason. And like good luck trying to (laughs) convince me otherwise. And that makes sense. Totally. What's your basic desire as a five? It's
1: to be capable and competent. Ooh. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Which I think is like why I always want to do the next thing. I want to like prove that I'm able. hmm You know. I love that.
0: Mine is to be in control of my own life and destiny. Mm-hmm. You yeah. could say the architect of my own fate. Okay. <laughs> that is literally yes. one of my affirmations that I write down in the morning. And this is the first time I'm reading this page. So, yeah, I'm on the right track with my branding. There There you go, according to Enneagram.
1: And there's also, when you take the test, it'll tell you if you are like a five with what they call a six wing. So, like five kind of leaning into six or five kind of leaning into four. Mm -hmm. So, you might lean one way or another. And I'm a five with a six wing. And that is the problem solver, which I'm Mm. like, my whole career is about solving problems. You're a professional problem solver. Right. Basically. Exactly.
0: Mine is eight with a seven wing, Mm -hmm. which is apparently the Maverick. So Top Gun, (laughs) y'all. That's the first thing that came to mind when I saw Maverick. me too. Oh, this is a good one for entrepreneurs too. So like I had a client DM me the other day. He's like, I've been sick, I'm feeling better, but I'm just not motivated. How do I get motivated again, you know? Mm-hmm. And so knowing yourself and knowing how you can generate that feeling of motivation is good. So, Candace, what's your, like, key motivation according to Enneagram 5?
1: My key motivation is to possess knowledge, which is probably mm-hmm. why I was an educator. And, you know, Seems got my master's right. degree, like, love learning, um Mm -hmm. every time so dom and i walk to coronado island well we take the ferry over and then we walk to coronado island and there's this like big beautiful library on coronado and he's like are you gonna make an excuse to walk into the library again today because i just love like being around the knowledge or the books i'll be like "Mm, i have to go to the bathroom he's like "Uh uh-huh yeah she just like (laughs) wants to like go in there and look at books he knows your game yeah totally (laughs) But I do love the idea of, you know, possessing knowledge. I also want to understand my environment and have everything figured out as a way of defending myself from threats from the environment, which Mm -hmm. is interesting. That's interesting to me. That's kind of new.
0: It is. That is Mm -hmm. new. But good. Now you have that awareness in the back of your mind. Totally. What about you? So my motivations. Yeah. So I want to be self-reliant. Which Mm -hmm. damn, I feel like I've been on that journey since 2018, (laughs) y'all. Yeah. Literally, everything I own fit on a bellhop cart and I was broke as fuck, but not anymore. (laughs) I want to prove my strength and resist weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been working on that, seeing vulnerability as a form of strength instead of just straight weakness. That's been a growing opportunity for me. I like to be important in my own world, to dominate the environment. I don't think I'm as aggressive as that, but maybe maybe I am. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, good I don't think
1: that you dominate environments, but I think that maybe people can see you as that, which I think is a good thing mm-hmm. because I think that you are a leader that people look to and your mm-hmm. leadership definitely shines through in the things that you do. So I don't think that... It's like overbearing dominance, but I think it's Mm -hmm. just an authority and a confidence in the knowledge and experiences that you bring to the table, which is really, really key.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you for that reflection. That was like really lovely. (laughs) I just have to say, so like they have the list of examples of other eights, Uh the two that jumped out. There's like literally y'all like 40 or 50 people listed. The two that jumped out to me were Queen Latifah and Clint Eastwood.
1: <laughs> yes. Queen Latifah. I love it. I'm good with that. Well, um, I'm in good company because I have Buddha, Einstein, and Alfred Hitchcock. Perfect. True crime, <laughs> source of all knowledge, and peace
0: with the environment and interconnectedness of life and death. We Look love at that. It all makes sense.
1: Ah. Uh. Yeah, so this is just such a great way to reflect on yourself, your motivations. Mm-hmm. I think that there's lots of insights that I may not have thought about but make absolute sense when I'm reading them. Right. And I think there's, you know, opportunities for me to also grow from kind of looking at myself from the outside. It's like, okay, if I'm these things, what mm-hmm. would I like to work on or what would I want to lean into? And so mm-hmm. kind of without judgment, seeing myself from a different lens I think is really mm-hmm. helpful. It
0: is. And I think kind of the last thing that I wanted to touch on is, and this is great for those of you who are listening that are in partnership, either your romantic partner or your business partner, or even just your friends. So on this enneagraminstitute.com com. They have type combinations where it's kind Mm. of like a friend reading, right? And Mm. so for type five and type A, it's not type A. Oh, my gosh. Freudian slip. (laughs) Type (laughs) eight. It says about us that these two types bring to each other complementary and reciprocal talents, just what the other needs, but we're not necessarily aware of. Mm. We enjoy a good debate. Don't we? We... Oh my gosh, we do. That's why we have a podcast, literally. We just volley back and forth and it just happens to be recorded. We have a a common insistence, you might call it a standard, to be independent Mm -hmm. and to not be interfered with by others, truly. We um, like boundaries. We dislike intrusion, right? We really have a, oh, this is great. I just stumbled on the sentence. It says, both types feel like misfits. So they understand each other's emotional core, often in an unspoken way.
1: I think that's like literally why we have not nice, clever. Because probably in previous worlds, we felt like we didn't belong or we felt like misfits or we felt like we were othered in some way. Yeah. And this is the opportunity for us to be like, fuck you to the people who said that. (laughs) hmm Yes, hell yes. <laughs> right? And then, like, also help people who might feel like that right now.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it. And this is the last thing that I want to share. It says that when we band together, we create a coalition of power and brains, a formidable combination.
1: Ooh, I love it. How exciting. Yes, yeah, this is the first time we're reading this, so we're sharing it with you here. Yeah. And I was scrolling on EnneagramInstitute.com. And Mm -hmm. there's another piece of it that I think is really interesting and it says like levels of development. So it kind of breaks down healthy levels of when you're at your best at that number and when you're Mm -hmm. kind of at your worst. And there's like nine different levels. So if you're at level one, like you are at your best. This is for a type five. If you're at your best, Mm -hmm. you're a visionary, you broadly comprehend the world and you are open minded. You take things in whole in their true context you make pioneering discoveries and entirely new ways of doing and perceiving things. So like that is like a really high level five, but then there's also like the unhealthy levels and Mm -hmm. at your worst a five can be, they can like have a psychotic break with reality. They can be deranged. They can be Mm self-destructive. And so there's like all these, you know, different levels that you always want to ensure that you're at your, your healthy optimal level and leaning into those positive pieces of your enneagram and and not the you know not the ones that are not necessarily as positive. So lots of great great information here. If you haven't done this test, highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Like Kat mentioned earlier, just you know google it, grab a test that you'd like to take, check out enneagraminstitute.com for more information on each of the different levels. But I think it will really help you to find the right partners and to just continuously evolve as a human the more you know right Mm -hmm. the more you grow thanks for joining us on not nice clever remember to follow our podcast wherever you listen to audio and head to www.notniceclever.com to connect for more drop a question we'll shoot you an answer we're not gatekeepers here signing off. You're not so nice, but also clever besties that mean business. See you next week.